Hey, Vegas Nation listeners, I want to take 30 seconds to introduce you to a new podcast from the Review Journal called Critical Condition Accounts from One October. It's a five-part series sharing the powerful stories of two Las Vegas officers who responded to the scene of the One October shooting on the Las Vegas Strip. You can find this wherever you are listening to the podcast right now. Just search Critical Condition Accounts from One October or visit ReviewJournal.com backslash podcast for more information. Now on to Vegas Nation. Vegas Nation, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. We're trying, like I said, to uh, bring the right kind of people in here, we think, that can build a championship football team. You guys are the most loyal fans in the world, and I know it hurts that we might not be the Oakland Raiders forever, but we are still Raider Nation. I think it's going to be a, uh, get an army coming into uh, Las Vegas. everyone, it's time for another episode of the Vegas Nation podcast brought to you by STN Sports Mobile Station Casinos. Don't forget to check out VegasNation.com. Get the Vegas Nation app to follow everything happening with the Raiders. You'll find it all there. And while you're there, comment. Let us know how we're doing. We love hearing from you guys. All right, let's get into it here. I'm Heidi Fang with my two Raider beat writers, Adam Hill and Miles Simmons, who are out in Alameda today where the Raiders will be practicing. After their bye week, the Raiders are getting right back into it here. We're heading into week seven of the season and the Raiders are right now three and two. That's good for second in the AFC West and the Chiefs keep uh, losing with Mahomes struggling. So uh, this is kind of opening the door here for the Raiders. One of seven teams right now in the AFC conference with a winning record. They got it done against the Bears. They're heading to Green Bay where they could get it done against the Packers. But the Packers right now, without two key receivers and Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison, we're going to get you all up to date with that. And we're also going to hear from Todd Dewey with the best betting action of the week. And we'll preview, of course, the Packers. Raiders in Lambeau Field for this week. Right off the top here, guys, though, I think we have to address some of the latest news. Um, Trent Brown right now facing a civil suit for domestic violence. Um, The mother of his child, ex-girlfriend, has accused him of domestic violence in this civil suit. And while this is nothing to be taken lightly, especially in an organization that boasts a zero-tolerance policy on domestic violence, um, Trent Brown wasn't seen at practice yesterday. I saw, Adam, you tweeted that he was in a rehab pool, though. Do you think he plays on Sunday, Adam? Well, I mean, I think he plays as long as he's healthy. I think that's the biggest question. I, I don't I don't know that this is going to come to fruition anytime soon as far as disciplinary actions. Um, this is a process that's going to play out. A civil suit is certainly uh, much different. While it's the very serious allegations, it's much different than a criminal case. And um, the process will play out, I think, a little bit differently. So uh, I think the bigger question is, is he healthy? And, you know, they talked about a, a calf issue that developed on Monday. I don't know if that's a very serious calf issue or if that's a calf issue that keeps him from talking to the media and they just sit him out for a practice. I mean, we'll, we'll find out, I guess, uh, as the week goes on. But as long as he's healthy, he'll go. And John Gruden said yesterday, you know, he'll, he'll find out more today about where he is health-wise. But, you know, if he doesn't, certainly he's, he's dealt with some injury issues, but he's been able to play through them this year. 
uh, he's a huge blow if he's not able to go, obviously, but I think it would be more of a health question than a disciplinary issue at this point. Miles, what kind of ramifications, if any, do you expect Trent Brown to face? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if there will be any, at least I think Adam just put it very nicely or succinctly to this point. Um, you know, I, I think right now what you have is a case where this is a civil suit. And I think the difference between that and it being a criminal case is actually very, very significant. So you see a lot of the time where it is, if it's a civil suit, it becomes a he said, she said type of issue. And because of that when these things can get settled out of court um, that in some ways sometimes prevents the NFL and different teams from actually investigating what exactly happened so I don't know what exactly the ramifications are going to be, but as Adam said at this point, for at least this week, if Trent Brown does not play, it seems like it would be more injury related than it would be disciplinary related to something that has to do with this. Well, Adam also said, unfortunately, when he mentioned if you know the main tackle here on that offensive line can or can't go, but we did see kind of a, a good news here with Gabe Jackson seeing a practice Monday. He had suffered a knee injury August 8th. Uh, when the Rams and the Raiders had joint practices and we hadn't seen since. So now that he's kind of working out, he's coming back, does he get plugged right into one of those starting guard spots, Adam, or do we expect him to need more time before being placed right back into the starting lineup? Well, I think they're just going to find out how his body reacts to practicing this week. I mean, it, it's been, you know, a fairly quick recovery. It's about, you know, it's about where we thought it would be, but it's kind of on the, on the shorter end of the recovery process. And, you know, he helped out with the bye week and, uh, kind of getting back uh, out on the field. But, you know, he went through practice. I think you're going to find out after after a couple of practices, how does he come out of it? How does he respond? How does his body feel? And it's been a while since he's on the field. So I think all those things are questions that have to be answered. Uh, it feels like John Gruden is pretty optimistic uh, that he'll have him back out there. And, and I, I think that's trending in that direction. If I had to make a wager on it, that's what I would say uh, is going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, if he's healthy and his body feels right after practicing a few days, uh, he's absolutely the starter, and he's plugged right back into that spot. Well, let's get into some of the other injuries here. Uh, Cleland Furl, I saw Miles on your Twitter that um, he had been a full participant in Wednesday's practice, and we'd speak here on a Thursday. Uh, he had suffered a concussion, and then we have Dwayne Harris. He was limited, uh, and also Tyrell Williams, not seen at practice. So what uh, are the status right now of those players? Yeah, well, I think starting with Tyrell Williams, you, know, you get this uh, plantar fasciitis, or whatever it is, as John Gruden put it uh, on Wednesday. That does seem to be actually pretty serious for him right now. I mean, he has not been on the field since the Raiders' victory over the Indianapolis Colts. And so when you go through the week in London, you go through now a bye week, and now you're at uh, Wednesday of the following week, and then he's still not practicing. I think that, that does mean it is pretty serious. So we'll have to see if he is able to get back on the field later this week um, because obviously you need him um, at that wide receiver spot. And then on Cleveland Furl, I think, you know, when you see that he's going through the concussion protocol, he's been able to get through it um, because he is a full participant in practice. That's good news. I think that that means all indications are that he will be able to start and he will be able to play uh, this week against Green Bay, which again, I mean, when you get through the bye week um, and you hadn't played the week before, you have a little bit of time to recover from that concussion. So all indications are good on him. And I think as, as far as Farrell goes, I think he wants to get out there as quickly as he can too. I mean, obviously everybody that's injured wants to get back out there, but uh, he's taken a lot of, a lot of criticism for, 
uh, kind of his slow start and not really making too much of an impact yet. And I think, you know, when you have to hear about that and then you have to be hurt and, uh, you know, the more time passes since you've been on the field, uh, I expect him to try to, you know, you can't hurry the concussion protocol, but uh, I expect him to really want to get out on the field and try to turn that narrative around a little bit. Well, another guy I'm curious to see on the field, Adam, is somebody that hails from the Buffalo Bills, Zay Jones. I saw Miles write that he's a quick study. Um, his career right now, he's got uh, 90 receptions, 1,037 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, what do we expect with his role coming into this week against the Packers? Does he get a lot of reps? Like, How much do we expect to see Zay Jones on the field? Uh, it's, it's always a mystery who's going to be active and who's not with the, uh, the Raiders receiving core. Uh, but yeah, with, I mean, I don't expect Tyrell Williams at this point since it's been so uh, so long since we've even seen him on the practice field, and they, they seem to have a lot of mystery going around about uh, his his injury, and John Gruden can't even say it, so uh, that becomes an issue. I, I think Zay Jones, if he's if he's up to speed on the offense, and all indications are that he that he is at this point, um, I think you know he's a guy that they're going to want to get out there. I know John Gruden said he's liked him all the way back since East Carolina. He was a second round pick of the Bills. He's got a ton of talent. And he showed flashes of it at times in Buffalo. Um, it's a team that I've watched closely in the past, Heidi. So uh, I have uh, <laughs> some some thoughts on on that. But you know, he he struggled a little bit uh, his first year. He had a shoulder issue that really wasn't talked about. And then after the year, it was kind of uh, disclosed that he'd been playing with a pretty severe shoulder injury much of the season. Last year, he emerged as their leading receiver. And you know, Kelvin Benjamin was the number one going into the year. Uh, remember that name. That's a, a blast from the past of only like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know, he got released and Zay Jones became the number one receiver. He had seven touchdowns. He led the team in targets, catches, yards, um, touchdowns, everything. Uh, every receiving category he was tops in. Uh, but he just really fell out of favor this year. So he, he's been inconsistent at times, but he's got the talent. Uh, he's a guy that's put up you know gaudy numbers in college. He's had some games where he played really well. Um, and this is, you know, a, a reunion of sorts with Nate Peterman. They were in the same draft class with the Buffalo Bills in 2017. Uh, Nate Peterman talked yesterday about uh, how, how happy he is for Zay Jones to kind of get a fresh start and, uh, and start over a little bit, uh, get to a place where he can, you know, thrive. And then he said, hey, he's really good at picking up the offense, really smart. That's something that uh, Gruden and Carr said as well, uh, that they've really been impressed with that aspect. So. If he's up to speed, he can get out there, and, and they need help in the receiving core. There's no question about it. I mean, that's been something throughout the season uh, that they've needed to address, and they had a plan going into the year with Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, and Brown's gone, and Williams has been hurt, and nobody else has really stepped up to fill in that role. So they need somebody to be that guy. I don't know that Zay Jones is the guy that comes in and, you know, sets the world on fire, but he's he's a, a capable guy, a guy that can uh, make some plays for you. So. Uh, I think if he's if he's up to speed and he's ready to go and he, they're comfortable, he knows the offense, you might see him out there. You've just convinced me to pick up Zay Jones on my fantasy football team because I, I got Tyrell Williams. It's a, it's a six team, I mean a six uh, wide receivers like thing. I have spot, I have six spots, so I can hold six wide receivers. It's a deep league. I don't know, I don't know the kind of fantasy impact he's going to have, uh, especially <laughs> because Carr only likes to throw to. Darren Waller, and we found out yesterday, loves throwing to Josh Jacobs, even though he's only done it like seven times this year. Uh, he, he ranted and raved about how much he loves having a weapon out of the backfield, and he's throwing to him less than once a game out of the backfield. So try to figure that one out. All right. We'll work on that. But right now, what we're going to do is go ahead and step away for a minute and get Todd Dewey in here, talk some betting numbers for week seven in the NFL. So when we return, we're going to break down this game in Green Bay. Stay tuned. This episode of Vegas Nation will be right back. 
SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. All right, Todd, welcome to the show here. Todd Dewey joining Vegas Nation. Packers right now, Todd, are uh, the numbers are crunching in. It's not as big as a spread as I think some people would have thought here against the Raiders. What kind of action have you seen on this game? Yeah, numbers dropping pretty rapidly, Heidi. Thanks for having me because the sharp betters are on the Raiders for the third time in their last four games. They were on them against the Chiefs in a loss. Then they were on the Raiders against the Colts when they beat the Colts on the road. And now they're back in the Raiders in a big way against the Packers at Green Bay coming off their bye. The Packers open as a seven and a half point favorite, but at some places it's uh down as low as four and a half at the Westgate, and it's at five and five and a half at some other places. Sharp betters jumped on the Raiders at plus six at CG Technology. And, you know, the Packers are coming off a short week after escaping with the win over the Lions on Monday Night Football, in which they trailed 13 nothing. So plenty of five and a halfs out there as of Thursday if you still want to grab Oakland. And Oakland, of course, three and two straight up and against the spread coming off consecutive wins over the Colts and the Bears and London and coming off their bye. So a good spot for the Raiders off the bye and the Packers in a bad spot on a short week. Trends are on the Raiders side, too, as this season underdogs and road teams have been thriving 56, 35 and one against the spread, both underdogs and road teams against the spread, Heidi. All right, Todd, what else have you seen for this week in the NFL? What kind of uh, bets will people, what are the Sharps doing here with some of the big bets in the NFL this week? Yeah, I spoke with some odds makers around Las Vegas and I got some Sharp plays. If people want to tag along with the Sharps out there, the Sharps, some of the numbers have changed, but um, the Sharp plays are on the Bills laying 16 and a half over the Dolphins. That one open at 15 and a half. It's up to 17 sharps bet on the bills right away at 16 and a half. You know, the dolphins, of course, zero and five straight up one and four against the spread after last second cover against the Redskins last week, but it's a lot of points to lay. The bills have a great defense, but they don't score that many points, but the sharps expect them to get it done against the dolphins. Uh, they took the Redskins getting 10 points at home as home underdogs to the 49ers unbeaten Niners, but Sharps don't think they're quite ready to be a double-digit road favorite. That number's down to nine and a half. The Titans, they took the Titans, a uh, short home favorite over the Chargers, up to two and a half. They took the Ravens as road dogs at Seattle at plus four, and that one's down to three, three and a half. And they also took the New York Jets as plus ten, uh, ten point home underdogs to the Patriots on Monday night football. That number is down to nine and a half. The jets looked much better with Sam Darnold, that quarterback, a whole different team beat the Cowboys. And now they're a huge primetime home dog against the Patriots who are undefeated and have a great defense, but they're undermanned on offense. So the sharps think the jets are going to keep that one fairly close in that one. So that's all the sharp plays and NFL week seven. 
All right, Todd, this week, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to go take some of that stuff, and I'm going to go to the sports book. I'm going to make a bet, and we're going to talk about it next week. But thank you so much for coming Sounds on. Sounds good. What are you going to bet on? you got to let us know beforehand. <laughs> oh, man, I will. I will. But uh, I don't know. That, that bill sounds good. Maybe Tennessee. I'll go, uh, you know, with the, uh, going against the Niners on the road. I, I like all that action. So maybe I'll get in on that. Yeah, it's a, little, teamer. <laughs> it's a little scary to take teams like uh, the Skins and the Jets, but – it seems to work out well for the books. Okay, cool. So I'll let you know what happens with my betting ticket next week. We may be just eating cat food, you know, because uh, I can't get a chicken dinner. So, Todd, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at TDewey33. Find all of his work in the Review Journal in print or online at ReviewJournal.com. Todd, thank you again so much. Thanks a lot, Heidi. Hope you cash that ticket. <laughs> Let's get into this matchup in Green Bay, guys. I mean, Green Bay is on a short week and coming off of what could have turned out to be uh you know a loss for them they kind of got a controversial win uh when the trey flowers call with the illegal hands to the face happened the, the ref even later admitted it was the wrong call but he kept the packers alive on the final drive which led to that game winning uh score so i mean had that call not been there the packers might have been coming into this week on a loss um guys when you have a short week and you're preparing that way and, and coming off of this kind of controversial win he lost, like, you know, we have Devontae Adams right now with turf toe. Geronimo Allison was hurt in that game, so he's a big question mark if he's going to play or not. But it's tough enough to come into Lambeau to play. So, Miles, when you look at all of this stuff that happened with the Packers in the past week, I mean, how much do you think, just with their receivers down, that that's going to be a, a kind of an opening for the Raiders to come in here and, and do something against this team who once looked kind of formidable on offense? Well, yeah, I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. I mean, first of all, the Raiders are coming off of a bye week, which almost inherently puts you at an advantage because your bodies feel better. I mean, talking to running back Josh Jacobs on Wednesday, he said his body really feels great um, after being able to get a little bit of rest, you know, get yourself a little bit more recovered than you might have otherwise been um, if you did not have that week off. So and then especially when you factor in the fact that Green Bay is coming off of a short week. Now they are getting to stay at home. It's not like they had to go to Detroit and play there and then fly back home. So there's maybe a little bit something there, but I, I think that there is definitely an advantage for the Raiders just in the fact that, yeah, you are coming off rest um, and you have some more guys healthy than the other team and that other team is playing on a short week. So Adam, it's kind of tough normally to go into Lambeau, but like Miles said, they're coming off of a bye week here. Uh, do you think the crowd is going to have any effect on the Raiders like how are they trying to prepare for that right now yeah I mean it's always you know it's always a factor for sure when you go on the road anywhere but that place uh, is very intimidating I don't expect a whole lot of Raiders fans I mean I'm sure they'll travel some but uh, that's a tough place to get to first of all it's tough to get tickets there uh, it's going to be a very very partisan strong crowd but I think you know if they're if you're going to go into Lambeau and try to win a game it's about as good of a spot as you could possibly hope for. As Miles said, you're coming off a bye. They're coming off a short week. They've got a ton of injuries. And, you know, people talk about injuries all the time in the NFL, but the real big factor is cluster injury. So if you have a guy, like usually you have a guy that can step up for him and you can, you can fill in and you can move on. When you get a bunch of injuries at one position, that's where teams are really impacted. And 
Green Bay is really decimated in their receiver core right now. So, you know, Devontae Adams certainly is a big loss, but if Geronimo Malasson can't play, and we saw that, uh, you know, that hit that he took the other day uh, was was real nasty. So, I mean, they could be really decimated there. Uh, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers can make receivers better, but it's going to be tough for him to, you know, try to try to know who to count on, who to rely, who to who we can rely on during the game. Uh, I think that could be that could be a factor. So, listen, the Raiders are going into an intimidating environment, no question about it. Uh, it's part of this long road trip. They're getting worn down by it. We know that John Gruden complained yesterday again about the travel, so we know it's getting to them a little bit, but it's about as good a spot as you could possibly hope for to try to go in and steal a win. Okay, so we talked about the wide receivers hurting. Uh, Aaron Jones was essentially benched uh, kind of because of the turnovers, and Jamal Williams took a lot of uh, carries in the latter half of the game. Uh, so that's going to be another thing to look out for, like you said, Adam, clusters. <laughs> but this one, not really in the case of an injury. But let's flip over to the defense because there's a couple of guys with the last name Smith who have been keeping very busy in the sack department between the two of them they've got 13 and a half sacks right now and um they have Blake Martinez at linebacker I mean he's I think leading the NFL in uh tackles right now so this team I mean they can really pressure coming off that line how ready do you think this offensive line and the Raiders are to handle that kind of pressure Miles? I think right now we've seen that when the Raiders have had the toughest challenges in going up against teams with a really strong pass rush They've been at their best. I mean, you look at the way they started the season, going against Bradley Chubb and, uh, and oh my gosh, Von Miller. I don't know why his name just escaped <laughs> me right there. Uh, but those are two of the best in the league, right? And they didn't let up any sacks in that game. You know, you look at the last game they played against Chicago. They did a really nice job against Khalil Mack. Now, the one time they did not do a, probably a very good job was when they went up to Minnesota. Um, and so this is another NFC North team that you're going to be playing in that hostile environment. So how will that affect things? I think we'll have to see. But getting Gabe Jackson back, I think, can be a really big boost to that offensive line. Rodney Hudson still is going to be solid. And you know what? Whether or not Trent Brown is healthy could be a factor at right tackle as well. But I think we have to give a lot of credit to Colton Miller for the way that he has improved after going through a lot of adversity in his rookie season. So I think right now you, you still feel pretty good about the way the Raiders can handle a strong pass rush. All right, Adam, keys to the game for you. What do the Raiders have to do to pull away with the W in this one? Um, I mean, I think they, they need to have all of those guys that we're talking about on the offensive line healthy and playing well. Uh, they, need to, they need to get in that. You know, we talk every week. I, I, I just feel like they're going into this place where I don't, I don't see how they're going to win this game, but then I feel like they're just going to have a chance to anyway. Uh, I, don't, I don't know from a matchup perspective. You're going to go up against that Packers offense that with Aaron Rodgers has been really good. The Packers defense has, has certainly been much improved, although they got beat by two deep balls early in the game the other day. Uh, but guess what the Raiders don't do? Throw deep balls. So I, I don't know that they're going to be able to attack in that way. I just don't like the matchup on paper at all for the Raiders. But they've been able to find a way to defy those expectations and defy those matchup issues uh, all season long. I think, you know, I'm never one on the, hey, establish the run, but that's what the Raiders have been able to do. And that's what's worked for them. So, like, they're kind of just, like, going old school a little bit. They've certainly got to get off to a good start, as cliche as it is. They've been really good off the script. You know, Gruden scripts early in the game, and it's really worked out for them. Uh, they need to make sure that they implement that and they get a nice start to the game with that. And then, you know, try to play with the lead because they're, they're not a very good team coming from behind. But if you can get off to a good start and, and use that, you know, those early script plays to 
to jump out on the Packers. You take the crowd out of her a little bit and, and settle in and get some confidence. So that'll be, that'll be a big key. Like the keys to the game for the Raiders to me are always very cliche, but when they, when they play kind of, uh, you know, an old school, like cliche scripted style, like it works for them. Okay, smash mouth, old school football, run the ball, get it down the throat of the Green Bay Packers. Adam, so are you going to take the Packers in this one? It sounds like it. Yeah, I'm definitely picking the Packers. I think, I mean, I've, I think I've been wrong on almost every game this year. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Miles is the winning record. Yeah, this team kind of defies expectations and defies kind of, you know, traditional thought, I feel like. Uh, but yeah, I think this is I think this is a really tough matchup as good as the situation is for the Raiders. And I think that, you know, you know we've talked about it with you know coming off a bye with the Packers on a short week, all those other things. Uh, I just feel like this is a, a really, really tough spot uh, for the Raiders. I think they hang around, uh, but I'm, I'm going 24-13 Packers. OK, I, I also believe the Packers are going to win this one. And I think by a closer margin, I'll give it to. Like 24 to 20, 20. Yeah, 24 to 20. I was trying to imagine what the numbers might be like in the end. Miles, what do you got on this? I, I think that the Raiders are going to win. And I think it, it, because of all these factors that we're talking about, I think that if the Raiders can go in there and show that they can a get out to a lead early and then just continue to run the heck out of the football, then, I mean, we saw that, that that's their winning formula. It's interesting. I mean, you talk about teams in the NFL and what is their identity. We know what the Raiders identity is. It's so easy to figure out what the keys to victory are for the Raiders. It's, get Josh Jacobs the ball, you know, make sure that he is established. And I don't love the term establish the run anymore because I think that balance is kind of a lie, but this is what the Raiders are. They want to be a balanced team offensively. They want to run the football really, really well. When you look at Darren Waller, who just got that contract extension, they're winning games when they get him the ball in third and manageable situations and they stay out of them because Josh Jacobs is running the ball very well. If you get into a shootout with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to lose. Like, that's just the case. And I think what Matt LaFleur has done over there this year, leading them to a five and one start is a little bit surprising. I mean, I know Matt LaFleur a little bit from uh, when he was in Los Angeles as the offensive coordinator and I was covering that team. And I think that he's a very good offensive mind, but at the same time, it's like, man, you know, this guy's kind of a young dude and he's still coaching and he's doing very well. So I think if the Raiders can take advantage of all the mitigating factors that are in their favor and they go in there, they get out to a 7-0 lead by taking the ball all the way into the end zone on, on their first drive. They can stop the pe the Packers in the first couple of drives. If they can get a takeaway or get a big play on special teams, that's how they're going to win. And I think that they're going to be able to do it this week. And I think that they can come out with a 23-20 win. All right, here we go. Miles on the flip side of what Adam and I have both picked yet again. Last time that happened, Miles was right. So take that to the books. <laughs> okay, so that'll do it here for this episode of the Vegas Nation podcast. And we'll be back with you Sunday after the Raiders play the Packers in Green Bay. Again, this is the Vegas Nation podcast brought to you by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. To catch up with all the game recaps, every game preview during the season, go to VegasNation.com and download the Vegas Nation app. Or you can also head to ReviewJournal.com backslash podcast and find us anywhere else you find your shows. 
Vegas Nation. We'll be back Sunday after the game. Follow us all on Twitter at Miles A. Simmons, at Adam Hill LVRJ, and I am at Heidi Fang. For both of the guys, thank you so much for listening. 